old friend Joe Flacco is playing well, but the Jets may have the formula to stop him. We'll discuss today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast brought to the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd of Lockdown Browns, your host, John Puchko of Locked On Jets. As we always say, it's homecoming. Not a year goes by that we don't get a crossover between John Puchko and myself. Jets Browns forever intertwined. Crossover Wednesday. We appreciate all of you who make Locked On Browns and Locked On Jets your first listen every single day to the everyday crowd. And if you're not part of it yet, we'll make a new plan. Stand and subscribe to Locked On Jets YouTube channel, the Locked On Browns YouTube channel. The show are always available, always free, wherever you get your podcasts. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNFL for a $20 off your first purchase, and you get last-minute tickets. You have the lowest price, and it is guaranteed. As I said, Locked On Jets host, Locked On Browns host, Jeff Lloyd, John Buchko. And obviously a tale of two teams going into this Thursday night game. New York Jets, sadly, Browns fans, we can sympathize. We have certainly been there plenty of December. Um, What was supposed to be a great season for the Jets, so much angst, obviously, you know, balloon burst early. The Browns has been a long, windy, crazy road to get to where they are now. But John, the one thing that I have become very impressed with with this Jets team, and look, normally you get a lot of dissension in the ranks late in the year. You get a lot of guys, Browns, uh, Jadavian Clowney type last year where, you know, maybe guys just, you know, hey, what, it, you know, I'm saying just trying to pull in a plug. But this defense and whatever they put out there, look, these guys give effort week in, week out whoever goes into those helmets and goes into those jerseys. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. This is a good defense. This is a top 10 defense. A wasted defense, sadly. It really is. And that's that's what's different. You know, you you mentioned, you know, Browns fans can sympathize. You know, Jets fans are used to having a disappointing season. Um, they've had good defenses in bad years before. You know, Rex Ryan always ran a good defense. They had some decent defenses under Todd Bowles and Greg Williams. I don't think they really ever had a defense like this, though. I mean, they're, they're, whenever they've been a bad team, it's maybe like a middle-of-the-pack defense. But this is like a top-10 defense, borderline top-5, You know, maybe not as good as what, what you guys have in Cleveland. It's also a complete unit. I think the safeties are a little shaky. But outside of that, lots of good players, a uh, very deep defensive line group led by Quinn and Williams, uh, one of the top corner trios in the league. Sauce Gardner gets all the headlines, but DJ Reed – as good of a number two corner is as there is in the NFL. And Michael Carter, the second uh, third year guy who's really stepped in and shined as the slot corner. And then linebacker, which was supposed to be like one of the weak points of the team this season. They of course have the veteran CJ Mosley, who's always very solid, but he's kind of having a rejuvenation season. You know, he's, he's been good for the jets the last couple of years, 2021, 2022. I don't think he was quite the player. He was in Baltimore this year. He's, he's kind of, uh, channeled that old that that guy who was the perennial pro bowler with the Ravens. And Quincy Williams has been a breakout player, a real sideline to sideline kind of guy, hits hard. Last couple of years, he's had big games. He's had big moments, but he's a guy who's played out of control. And sometimes him playing out of control led, led him to like make a big hit for like a three-yard loss. But he was also as prone to running himself out of plays 
This year, he's figured out how to channel his aggression more, and he's just making big plays. He's not making as many mistakes. The difference is the offense. I mean, the offense, I've seen a lot of bad Jets offenses. I'm not sure I've ever seen one quite that struggled to this extent um, where, you know, they go, I think it was like something like eight games without uh, without scoring more than one touchdown on offense in a game. I mean, it's it's unbelievable because this has been, you know, this is a team that despite their record, you know, the, the record's okay. It's six and nine. It's not good, but it's not awful. This is a team that had, you know, heading into last weekend against the <laughs> second worst point differential in the conference. It had like the fundamentals of like one of the worst teams in the NFL. And that's with a defense that's really good and a special teams unit that's really good. That's the extent to which this offense has dragged the Jets down. And I know you guys, you guys in Cleveland have an excellent defense yourself. And, you know, fortunately, you've gotten a little bit more out of the offense with a guy in Joe Flacco who's been with the Jets, you know, most of the last three years. There was a little stretch in Philadelphia in the year 2021. He's been their primary backup. In fact, when these teams played last year, it was Flacco who was the starting quarterback for the Jets in a you know a game you know, Jets fans love to remember. I'm sure Browns fans would love to forget. I mean, how about this Joe Flacco re rejuvenation in Cleveland, Jeff? This has been by far a crazy season. And this is the thing, and obviously the Locked On Browns everydayers know. Look, when you talk about a team playing four quarterbacks, usually that's followed up with, well – what quarterback are they going to draft in the first three or four picks in the draft in April for the Browns? And, you know, obviously success, albeit small sample sizes, PJ Walker, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, obviously Deshaun a little bit more. Um, but you get Joe in here and the thing with Joe and, you know, again, the everydayers know, and I, John and I were talking, I, I am a huge Kevin Stefanski guy. I have never had an issue with Kosh. I think the biggest thing I like is the culture has changed. He is a man of his word. He speaks and there's not this constant rhetoric. Coach tells you what you need to know. And, you know, he's not going to go any further. It's not trying to play games in the media, but this team has never been able to get vertical with any regular sustainability. And you look at Joe, six foot six, two foot... This is what Joe has always been. He's been a good vertical thrower. His time with, obviously, the, the Ravens here. And this is now opened up. And now you're looking at film. And you look at film. And look, Deshaun was able to get vertical a little bit, not consistently, as Joe has through this four-game stretch. But it's one thing. It always felt like the Browns were playing arena league ball on the offensive side of the ball. They just couldn't attack every part of it. But now you're seeing it with Marquise Goodwin. Amari uh, Cooper last week needed 15 yards to become the first Cleveland Browns wide receiver ever to have back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons. Obviously, that was not the record. That was on Amari Cooper's mind. Amari Cooper went for 265 and broke the Cleveland Browns' single-game receiving record. So this is just something that we're not familiar with. But it's really bought like a B12 shot into this team. Yes, winning will do it, of course, going three and one, winning three in a row. But the fact that they have this guy in here now who becomes the fourth QB. So, I mean, the Browns have a Mount Rushmore of QBs for just this season, for God's sakes. But Joe comes in here, and it's not like he's a, you know, a guy who never had a chance and he's playing well. It's not like it's the rookie DTR. You getting all this and him playing well now, but you're also getting a guy who knows where this team is headed, has been there before. You know, obviously I'll say that asterisk-wise. Of course, Browns presumed, obviously, hopefully to go to the playoffs here. But you get this guy to come in, play this well, and the fact that, you know, he is ready for a playoff run. He is somebody now that all of a sudden these guys can lean on, can go to, and you get a lot out of it. It's really, really been a great run here for a guy that's going to be 39 in the beginning of January, playing at a Thursday night game. May not be the best idea, but the Browns are going to have to take what they can get. Browns 
Jets Thursday night. Of course, everybody, no, it's not Peacock this time. It's Prime this time. Look, if you guys are confused as I am, I get it. But also, if you need to check it out, there's still plenty of great seats available. Check out the Game Time app. We got a little bit more from Game Time coming as well. Jeff Lloyd, John Buchko. We're going to get into some of the big matchups here, and there's a couple that I'm going to like, and I'm sure there's a couple John's looking for as well. Your latest Locked On Browns continues. I've told you guys, you know, you have teenage daughters, you don't know what to buy them. But luckily, I always know one thing that they will like, concert tickets. And that's where game time comes in. I know John uses it. I know I've used it. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer last-minute deals. They've got all-in prices. You can get a view from your seat, a best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I love the fact I can get a view from my seat because I don't want to be the rube that all of a sudden got an obstructed seat ticket. A lowest price guarantee. They've got event cancellation protection. Heck, they've got job loss protection as well. That's pretty impressive. Not a lot of apps do that. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds, two taps, and you are set to go find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. We continue on here, Jeff Lloyd, John Buchko, crossover Wednesday on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Jets, Locked On Browns, kicking off Thursday night football on Prime. Make sure you check your apps. I know you guys are getting a little hooey with it. I'm getting with it that way. I know John's getting it that way. But, John, we get to the biggest matchups here, and this is – you know, the Cleveland Browns, one of the things that this team this team has always been spoken about well of over the four years during the Kevin Stefanski regime has been their offensive line. But obviously a lot of Knicks this year for the Cleveland Browns. Not a lot of teams are going in to December, two games to go, trying to get a play, playoff spot and playing their fourth and their fifth offensive tackles. There's been movement. Joel Batonio's missed a little bit of time. Their center, Ethan Posick's missed a little bit of time. They do have that inner core of Wyatt Teller, Ethan Posick, Joel Batonio. Jerron Christian came in out of nowhere, a Bill Callahan disciple. He has done a really good job on the left side. William Hudson, he is a very good run blocker. Up and down as a pass blocker. I think the Browns always envisioned him as a swing tackle, but now all of a sudden pressed into a little bit more duty here. Um, and now that this team is throwing the ball, and it's almost become the point for the Browns where they kind of just looked at the run game and said, if it's not working, we're not even going to bother, which led to what you know went, went on in Houston, of course, not having your kicker. Um, certainly led to throwing the ball more often as well Sunday in Houston. But I look at that front D line, and it's very rare that, you know, the success the Browns have had this year, I can look at somebody else's defensive line and say, Ooh, I mean, they got some guys, they got some dudes. And that is the case for the Jets here. You know, Jermaine Johnson stepping up here in his second year. Obviously, we all know about Quinn and, Quinn and Williams. You mentioned Mosley, obviously Quincy Williams behind. It's a really, really solid front seven for this team right now. And the Browns, ideally, you want to lean on your inner offensive line because that is maybe your best part. But it takes a guy, if not two, if not three, to control Mr. Quinn and Williams. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you may look at the stats. You compare it to what he did last year. The numbers aren't quite there, but I got to tell you, on a play-to-play -play basis, he looks every bit as good. You know, 
Uh, I think part of it's other guys are stepping up. You know, they you mentioned on the de- at the defensive end position, Jermaine Johnson looks is having a, a big second season. And you know, Jeff, uh, last year the Jets had four guys they picked in the top forty. One was Garrett Wilson, who was the offensive rookie of the year. So, you know, a lot of a lot of Browns fans are probably familiar with him because he, of course, he played his college ball at Ohio State. Um, one was Sauce Gardner, the defensive rookie of the year. He played played at Cincinnati. Um, the third was uh, Brees Hall, who was a running back who may well have been on his way to winning the offensive rookie of the year over Garrett Wilson. They did not gotten injured. Jermaine Johnson was the fourth guy they packed, they picked. And I actually thought for a rookie, he did decently, but he, you know, he kind of paled in comparison because these other guys were making an impact immediately. He was more of a rotational guy who made a splash play every week or two this year. He's really picked it up and it's really been since week four. The first three weeks got off to kind of a slow start. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I was a little, I was wondering a little bit, um, you know, is the are they not going to get a big contribution? He's he's really developed. Um, they also have Bryce Huff, who on a pass rush to pass rush basis, if you look uh, statistically efficiency wise, one of the most productive pass rushers in the NFL. A guy who I don't think the Jets coaching staff has played enough the last two years. I think they viewed him, they kind of pigeonholed him in a, in a, a pure pass rush role where he's only going to come in on that long downs and distances where the other team's going to throw the ball. Uh, you know, they've started to play him more consistently and the results are still very good. And John Franklin Meyer is a good kind of hybrid guy, mostly plays defensive end, but he's a bigger guy. He's, he's more of what you think of it. He's more the size of like a defensive tackle in a four, three type defense, but he plays a lot of the defensive end in Robert Sala's system. And you're absolutely right, Jeff. And, you know, there's a lot of talk in the Jets fan base. So they should have They should have brought Joe Flacco back. Well, last year, Joe Flacco really struggled. And a big part of the reason was the offensive line was not good enough. Um, and, you know, Flacco, I think, got to a point where he was just he didn't trust the protection enough and he was going straight to his check downs. And I think one of the reasons, you know, you, you can speak to this better than I did, that, that interior offensive line of, of Cleveland, at least to me from the outside, looks really solid. And when Flacco's comfortable, he's a savvy veteran. He knows where the ball needs to go. He can get it there. The Jets... You know, and that's I think to me that's part of the keys of the game. I, I'm with you on that. I think Quinn and Williams collapsing the pocket, you know, getting pressure to Flacco. Maybe for Flacco's Flacco doesn't take a ton of sacks, even with the Jets last year, but he knows where his check down is. But when you force him to go to his check down, you take away that vertical passing attack you were discussing. So I think that's a great point. And I also look to the other side of the ball. I mean, this is a matchup that terrifies me for the Jets as Browns. You've got some line. This Jets offensive line's been a mess all year. I mean, look, I've seen I have a PhD in bad offensive line play from the years I've watched the Jets, from the years I've done this podcast. I mean, I can't think of it. I'm not sure since we started Bucked on podcasts in 2016 that I've ever seen the Jets have a good offensive line. But this is as bad as I've seen. They've had to rotate guys in and out. They've had 11 different starting combinations uh, through the first 15 weeks. I mean, I look at Carter Warren, a mid-round rookie going up against Miles Garrett. I mean, good luck, Trevor Simeon. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, that's... I look at this game. I don't even know how the Jets are going to be able to move the ball. I mean, it, it, when I look at this Jets offensive line versus the Browns defensive line, this might be the biggest unit versus unit mismatch you'll see in an NFL game this season. Well, if the Jets are smart, they're going to do it like some other teams did. The Jets are going to try to make an onus to run the ball here. That's kind of what Denver did. They didn't do it with great success, but it was enough where you kept the defense on the field and eventually they started to tire a little bit. So, there's, so, so, so Jeff, what you're saying is there's no way the Jets – you said if the Jets are smart, so there's no way that's going to happen. True. So they're going to have Simeon throw the ball 50 times. Um, but, no, with Miles Garrett – now, Miles Garrett has not had a sack in four games. In the last three games, Miles Garrett has 26 pressures. Now, the biggest difference with this Browns defensive line in years past – is Miles has always done what Miles does. 
But the point was, is, is anybody else going to be able to play beneficial to playing with Miles Garrett? And last year, Taven Bryant was the second leading sack total haver for the Browns at two and a half stacks. This year, it's a whole different ballgame. It's Sidarius Smith, Ogbenai Ankaronkwo. We're not sure where, and I'm not, you know, ideally the Browns, look, if they can get this win and they can tell Ogbo, look, even if you think you can gut it out for us, let's worry about that in January. We don't necessarily need you right now. But second-year player Alex Wright had a sack last week, had a sack just Sunday against the Houston Texans. Here is a player out of UAB who at UAB, the, they, they took him and just said, you're our best defensive lineman. You're our best defensive tackle. You're our best defensive end. So they just played him wherever they thought the need was for him. Well, that's become very beneficial for the Browns because the Browns like a base end who has sound skill. You're going to do the assignment. You know, you better make sure you are setting the edge. What you know, but now Alex Wright is he's gotten comfortable and has succeeded by you know doing what the scheme asks him to do. That gets you reps now, obviously, in third down. Alex Wright has been the guy that's kind of kicked in um, for Maurice Hurst, who obviously is out for the season with his pectoral. And now you get a game, second-year player, back-to-back weeks with sacks. The Darius Smith, it was a real, real lack of contribution early. But over his last three games, he's got three sacks. So with Miles out there and all the attention, that was always the thing, though, is nobody else could kind of pick up the scraps. There's guys picking up the scraps right now. There is no question about that. And it certainly gets aided. You know, you talked about the Jets cornerback group, the Browns cornerback room, Denzel Ward, Morton Emerson, Greg Newsom. They're all different. You know, Denzel is a really, really solid man-to-man guy on the outside. Martin brings length, plays with a little more velocity, a little more ferociousness to his game. So he's a nice – and then there's Greg Newsom who can play outside, can play inside. We heard all this time, all these things about maybe Greg Newsom didn't want to play the slot. Once your team's 10-5, and five, all those guys want to do is be on the field. They don't necessarily care where they're playing. Your team's winning. They want on the field. They want reps. Greg Newsom's all of a sudden basically the Pied Piper of Cleveland to this point. One other interesting that could be good for the Browns is Juan Thornhill finally doing something in practice here. The Browns focused on three safeties early in the season. Juan Thornhill, Grant Elpit, Rodney McLeod. It was a great rotation. Over the last couple of weeks, it has been Ronnie Hickman, undrafted free agent, second-year undrafted free agent, DeAnthony Bell, both of whom have played extremely well up to this point, regard, you know, thinking about the players they are. Deron Harmon, savvy veteran. John, I'm sure you've done a lot of Deron Harmon coverage over the year. First interception as a Cleveland Brown last week. Um, I'm sorry, Sunday against the Houston Texans. So there are a lot, a lot of players in this game. The Jets are not going to go quietly. The Browns better be ready to go. We're going to get some keys to victory here. Obviously a little early for predictions, although I think John has pretty much given you all his, but we're going to continue on here. Your latest Locked On Browns, Locked On Jets crossover Wednesday. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection, and you can watch the winnings roll in. If you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each and every week. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. 
players and stats. Look, I'll give you my prize picks lineup. We actually hit on it really well last week. I gave you, we actually hit on five of five last week. So I will give you your Jets line, your Browns prize picks lineup later on in the week. But you can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Crossover Wednesday, Locked On Jets, Locked On Browns, John Buchko, of course, Jeff Lloyd. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Jets and Locked On Browns their first listen. If you're not part of the everyday crowd, well, again, you need to subscribe to Locked On Jets YouTube channel, Locked On Browns YouTube channel. Shows are always available, always free, wherever you get your podcasts. John, we try to go path to victory here, and give me something, John. Give me something because obviously I know it's a tough spot here. Obviously your team's tired. It's beat up. It's playing out the string. A Thursday night game this late in the season is nobody's cup of tea. But Jets, are, I mean, Browns are going to have probably most likely a new, they're going to have a new kicker. They're most likely going to have a new punter. Team's been really, really hot. There's always possibility of a letdown in some area, some way. I'd be surprised if the Browns had a letdown. I mean, you know, like you said, there's so much on the line in this one for them in this one. And, I mean, the Jets are just a couple weeks removed from surprising the Houston Texans. So I think like that's a pretty easy way to motivate your team if you're Tev- Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I think that this this is the path to victory for the Jets. Uh, first of all, you know, you, you mentioned you know the Browns maybe have some question marks on special teams. Jets special teams have been really good all year long, and we all know if the game is closed, sometimes it comes down to a, a kick here or there. The Jets won as as badly as the Jets handled the second half against Washington. I mean, they blew a twenty point lead. They were on the verge of losing the game. They won it because Greg Zorline hit a 54-yard field goal. He's been excellent all season. Thomas Morstead, their punter, has been has been really good. The Jets have had an excellent special teams unit. And again, this goes back to how bad their offense is because I've already praised the defense. You know, on the <laughs> other side of the ball, a lot of it comes down to making Joe Flacco uncomfortable. And I, Flacco's not a guy that makes a ton of mistakes. But I think if the Jets are going to win, this is going to have to be an ugly football game. It's going to have to be a game that's, you know, maybe maybe neither team reaches 10. Maybe it's like a 9-6 to six kind of game. It's going to, be a field, <laughs> going to have to be a field goal battle. And the one thing, again, we saw last year with Flacco is when he's not comfortable with his protection, he's going to check it down. He's not going to make a dumb mistake. He's not going to make a dumb throw. He's not. He actually is pretty good at avoiding sacks for a guy who doesn't have mobility. But... You know, if he's even if you get him uncomfortable, sometimes he just starts predetermining the checkdowns, and I think that that's something the Jets will try and get him back to. I think, look, I think the Jets will mm-hmm. need a non-defensive score in this game. You know, whether it's a touchdown, whether that's the defense. You know, I, I just mentioned maybe it's a nine to six game, but maybe it's the defense. You know, getting a turnover deep in Brown's territory that sets up a field goal. I think the Jets also may need to maybe steal a possession at some point in this game. Maybe it's a fake punt. They tried one a couple of weeks ago against Miami. It didn't work, but maybe a surprise onside kick. It's it's a tough game for the Jets. I, you know, there's no question. I think whenever you have a defense like the Jets has, whenever you have their special teams units in a you know, that could swing a close game, you've got a puncher's chance. Uh, they're not going to be able to do much on offense, though. So what that might mean is on offense, it may need it may mean Brees Hall. It's, they're not going to be able to sustain drive, so maybe Brees Hall breaks you know a seventy yard run at some point. I mean, the path to victory for the Jets is very narrow, but that's it. A big play on offense, the defense making Joe Flacco uncomfortable and taking the Browns' big playability away, stealing a possession, and outplaying the Browns on special teams. Well, and to to your point, look, the Cleveland Browns just gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown Sunday against the Houston Texans. They are most likely going to have a different kicker. They're most likely going to have a different punter. Um, you got to worry about 
They're not going to have the whole week to practice. You got to open the snap holes exchange. Obviously, if I'm the Jets, I am definitely saying, "Hey, I'm going balls to the wall as far as trying to block kicks." I am going, you know, that, that is something that probably should be an onus um, for them because you know, even a shaky snap. You know, you have a punter. Um, you know, his name is Hack, but they try to say pronounce it as Hawk. And I, I, yeah, but I, if my last name was Hack, I would want to pronounce this Hawk as well. Um, the Browns look. Y- you know who you are now. You have your identity, um, whether you're talking maybe low 40s at kickoff, maybe at worst, you know, high 30s Thursday night. The weather looks pretty favorable for a Thursday night game in descent, late December in Cleveland, Ohio, for both teams. Obviously, neither team would really be that affected if it was colder or a little windier. Both teams obviously familiar with those things. But for the Browns, the one thing I, I kind of need to see and I would feel better if I could see is just a little bit of an assemblance of a run game had two rushing touchdowns Sunday against Houston, but they ran for 1.8 point yards per carry. This is a team that throughout the entire Kevin Stefanski regime here, that was always the calling card was obviously this team ran the ball, ran it well. And you know, everybody, Oh, we missed Nick Chubb. Well, look, you know, Nick Chubb is a great, great player. Nick Chubb is also not God. Sometimes if guys are not making blocks and you're a team that likes to run the wide zone and your tackles are not making blocks, it's really, really difficult to pick up positive yards. So this team's got to try some semblance, switch it up, maybe runs. They love their trap play action pass. Well, we don't run a lot of traps, so maybe we start running a trap or two just to see how it works out and see if it had a little more flow. I do think the Browns will be ready for the pass rush, and now that they can get vertical down the field, now maybe you can start throwing a little you know, slip screens action, Elijah Moore, somebody else, because now obviously the Jets have seen a lot of tape where the Browns can get vertical. So if the pass rush is going to come, there is one way to combat it. You don't necessarily have the time for the long developing routes down the field, and you, know, you go to your screen game a little bit more, and you try those things. And it's this is always the games that make me nervous because a team that comes in with basically nothing to lose, and that is what the New York Jets, they come into this game with nothing to lose. So like you said, all right, Browns win. You know, I'm saying Jets win the toss. You know, Browns have to receive. And why not start with an opening kickoff, on onside kickoff? Why not? What do you got to lose? And obviously for Salah, everybody else, it seems that Woody Johnson has said, look, everybody's coming back anyway. So you're not teetering on, oh, well, if we lose by too much, does this mean my job? So just go out there, just give the best you know, showing you can, which is obviously a really, really difficult spot for a Browns team. Because as, as much as I say this about the Browns, we just every week, what do you do? What do you scout? Because this is a team that scored this quarterback, that quarterback, this quarterback, that quarterback. Obviously, for Joe, now you have four games. Trevor Simeon, you got one week to go on. So, I mean, it's a really, really, you know, going to be an interesting one. Obviously, the place is going to be packed. Browns are calling for a whiteout um, as the Browns are going to wear their you know throwback jerseys one more time. So we're going to see, hopefully, the Jets wear the old school ones. Wear, wear the old school green ones, Jets. It's a nice, nice looking see. John knows. I know. Eh, wear those jerseys. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But for John Buchko, obviously, you know, uh, John's doing a fantastic job. Look, you know, you the assignment is what you're given. You know, you don't get to control the assignment. And obviously, that's always the most difficult part. Um, and, you know, for the fans who are here every day with us, you know, through good or obviously through bad, you know, this time of year, it means the more to us. You know, we uh, everybody starts to reflect this time of year, and we're very, very fortunate for what we get to do to work for this network and certainly to have each and every one of you who are big-time supporters of Locked On Jets. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Jets YouTube channel. 
Locked On Browns as well. Again, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Browns YouTube channel. We just, you know, it, it, it's 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 tough to, you know, you get to this point um, and nothing, and I continue this and I will say this for all the time, nothing in the world goes faster than the NFL season. The fact that we are talking game 16, week 17, and we are basically about nine, 10 days away from the NFL regular season being over just absolutely blows my mind. But as always, we appreciate all of you who come here for us. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on ELOB. Let's go Browns. And for you Jets fans, let's go Jets.